0: Welcome to everyone this morning, and especially if you're a guest with us today, we welcome you. We are so glad to have you in service with us today. Those of you that are joining us online, we welcome you wherever you may be joining us from. So thankful that the presence of God is not limited to a certain place. Very important what we do here. I think it ought to be one of the biggest priorities of our lives. But God is not limited to here. I'm thankful for that. I'm not sure the last time I have f- felt a message or a direction, put it that way, for a service as strongly as I have for this morning, the last several days. We were at, uh, several of us were at the Maryland D.C. Men's Conference this week, had a great time, great ministry, great times of fellowship, and all throughout that, I just, I couldn't get away from this, so if it's only for one single person here this morning, so be it. Uh, God, Jesus, God in the flesh, adjusted his whole journey to go by for one lady. So, if it's only for one this morning, it's probably not the case, but uh, we'll see Matthew chapter eleven verse 28 Matthew 1128 come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you. Somebody say, give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart and you will find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I just feel led of the Holy Ghost to preach to you this morning on that simple word, rest rest. God, I thank you for your presence in this place today. I thank you for your spirit already manifested working and moving in this sanctuary. I pray, God, that you would continue what you've already started, that you would do that through your word, that your spirit would minister now through your word. I pray, God, that there would be hearts Open to receive, ears open to hear what you would say to us today. That there would be faith that would be released to be mixed with your word this morning. That it may profit us, Lord. Father, I trust you again today. I depend on you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to read those verses to you from a couple of other translations Just to give you a little more flavor of what is being said here. The Amplified says it this way. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened. And I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart. And you will find rest, relief, and ease, and refreshment, and recreation, and blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. And my burden is light and easy to be borne. Message Bible says it like this. Are you tired? I'm not talking about just last night you didn't sleep well. Is there anybody here today you're tired? Anybody here today that that uh, you're worn out? Anybody burn out on religion? Mm-hmm. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. I love this. I, I know my, my... uh I, I don't... I haven't heard her say this directly but I heard through the grapevine my my grandmother calls the message bible the messy bible. I I know there's some there's some parts of it that are kind of flaky and whatever but I I sometimes I just I really like the way it says some things. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. That means if you're burdened down with stuff today. If you are weighted down this morning with a burden, God's not the originator of that burden. I I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And then today's English version says it this way. Come to me, all of you who are tired from carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and put it on you. And learn from me, because I am gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest. For the yoke I will give you is easy, and the load I will put on you is light. Come unto me all that labor. Now I will tell you that if you you study these verses out, you'll find that sort of what is thought to be the initial context of these verses is the context of them trying to live under the ceremonial laws and rituals that were put on them, and and that that was a heavy weight and a burden, and and no doubt that that is applicable. But that's not really what I'm I'm here to preach to you today, because at the end of the day, he wasn't telling them that you don't have to worry about all those things and just live however you want to live. But I'm I I I feel burdened in the Holy Ghost, and I have for several days. Now, that there are some people in this place today, and again, maybe it's one person, that that you've been carrying a load. Some of you, you're carrying the load of some guilt and shame. Some of you are carrying the load of wounds and hurts from the past. Some of you are carrying a load of disappointment. He says, come to me, all you who are laboring, and are heavy laden and I will I will give you rest. It's an amazing thing. You will find you will find this subject of rest all throughout Scripture and from the very beginning of Scripture. What's interesting is, and I said it I believe it was last Sunday, a verse that I used morning or night I forget which one but there, there, there's some things I'm not going to tell you that I'm able I know I'm you know I'm the pastor here so I'm supposed to have all the answers well I got bad news for you I don't have all the answers <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you that I can explain everything in the scripture and give you a, a reason or or or, or uh, the, the, the explanation for it all because in, 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 in some places we know that it tells us God never gets tired, He never gets weary. But, but listen to what the scripture says in Genesis chapter 2. On the seventh day God ended His work which He had made and He rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made, and God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. Now, again, there's nothing hard for God. There's nothing that God strains to do. There's nothing that wearies God and I think if I was going to try to give you an explanation here, I think the significance of this is God was trying to establish something. He was trying to show us something. Because when we get to the giving of the Ten Commandments, don't kill, don't commit adultery, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and love the Lord your God with all your heart, and, and don't covet, and all this kind of stuff included in there is a command to remember the Sabbath, which was a day of rest. Six days you were supposed to work and toil, and then the seventh day was supposed to be a day of rest. Man, that has gotten blown to pieces years ago. I was in my office this morning, and I I come relatively early on Sunday mornings, spend time studying, praying in my office, and and uh, it wasn't when I first got here, but probably somewhere around 8 a.m. or so, in my office, I began to hear the hammering of nails from the houses that are out behind the, the church being built. I remember the day when you didn't go to the malls on Sundays because they weren't open. And then they started being open for the afternoon. And now we're at the point, Hours I think, are basically the same every day. Growing up and, and years gone by, all of these sports programs, they, they didn't play on Sundays. Every tournament and all of that was Saturday because this day, and, and, and hear me for all of you folks that want to get all technical, well, Sunday is not the Sabbath. That's that, I agree. Because the bottom line is, if you understand the Bible, it's not about a day anymore. And We'll kind of maybe get there. I'll leave here telling everybody this morning that Pastor Wright preached that Sunday was the Sabbath day. That's not my 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 point is there used to be a time where we did at least there was a day. And, and the Lord, I, I don't think God needed. I don't think God was tired. I I don't think He was sitting on His throne telling the angels, "I need some more sweet tea. I'm I'm worn out. Look at all I just did." But again, I think he was trying to establish that what I have created needs this. And I'm trying to show you what you need. And, 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 and eventually, I want to get to the point where this is not about some kind of a physical thing or a physical day, but that's where we're going to start. So He says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Adam Clark says this, the metaphor here appears to be taken from a man who has a great load laid upon him which he must carry to a certain place. Every step he takes reduces his strength and renders his load the more oppressive however it must be carried on, and he labors, uses his utmost exertions to reach the place where it is to be laid down. A kind person passing by and seeing his distress offers to ease him of his load that he may enjoy rest. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. You're weighted down. You're burdened down. I'm I'm not here this morning to put this in any specific category. I, I pray that as the Holy Ghost speaks here this morning, that the context of what he's trying to say to you, you will receive that. Come unto me. All that labor and are heavy laden and I will, I, I, I think it's finally, I, I, I think it's fairly interesting I find it interesting the fact that he says, come to me all that labor and, and I will give. When I think about rest, rest is not something you, that is given. You, you, you have to do some things. Sit down. Be still lay down, sleep. But he says, come to me, and and I'm going to give you. The word labor means to grow weary, tired, exhausted, with toil or burdens or grief. It means to labor with wearisome effort. Strong's Concordance says it means to feel fatigue by implication to work hard. The root word means to cut, means toil, means pains. Come come unto me all you who are you you are exhausted, you're weary from the burdens that you're carrying. And I want to give you rest. I want to exchange what you're, 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 what is weighing you down, what is wearying you. I want to just give you rest. But, but before I go on, I, I think you gotta get, I gotta get, you gotta get what he says here. He says, if you're gonna get this rest, my yoke is what you've gotta enter into. That, that seems contrary to resting. I know most of you have an idea of what a yoke is, but, 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 Let's just make sure you know it's it's a it's an instrument that is used for 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 animals to plow in a field, and in each one of those those rings that hang down, that that'd be around the neck of an ox, so that they could plow, so that they could drag a, an an instrument behind them through through the hard fallow ground of a field. I don't that doesn't sound like rest to me. You're saying come to you because I'm 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 weighted down, I'm burdened down. I I I I've got all this pressure and these cares and you're telling me you're going to give me rest but then you're telling me I got to get in this yoke. Yoke implies to me Effort and labor and work and toil. <laughs> he, he just said, all of you that are toiling, come to me and I will give you rest. And now you're telling me i gotta, I got to get yoked up with you. You see, the deal is when it comes to the natural and they put those animals in that yoke, they, 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 they put animals of equal strength. also go back to the Old Testament and, 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 and in the Old Testament in the giving of instruction to the children of Israel he said he says don't 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 plow with a donkey and with a with an ox not going to be good probably not going to have real straight lines there's there's going to be some struggle going on because you you got these but the reason The reason I think he says that you got to get in my yoke, but my yoke is easy and and my burden is light, is because when you get in that yoke, you're not getting in it with an equal partner. We're not matching up equal strength here. And, and, and God is a God of covenants, and 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 the Old Testament there was all there were a lot of different things about covenants, and and because it was so important, it's it's about the relationship that you and I have entered into with God. We have entered into a covenant relationship. When you are born again, you are entering into a covenant relationship. And in the Old Testament, when two people, two individuals would would enter into a covenant, they it it, it naturally it was considered equal parties entered in. They would have a ritual whereby which they would take animals and they would cut them in half and then, and then the the two, the two people entering into covenant would pass through those animals and, and part of what it represented was, if we don't keep this covenant, let us become like these animals. But when God called Abraham and entered into a covenant with God, Abraham was not equal with God. So the Bible says Abraham had this he had this vision and in that vision it was God by himself that passed through because God was saying I, I you you can't keep your side of it for you to enter into covenant with me and you to keep your side of the responsibility you can't do it so I'm just going to go ahead and tell you what I'm going to do Knowing in advance that you can't—if if you went tomorrow to the car dealership to buy a brand new car and you applied for for a loan to get that car and you said, "Listen, I—I'm I'm, going to tell you right now, I ain't going to be able to make these payments," security—you can't keep your end of the deal. You can't hold up. You're into the bargain. You don't have what it takes. They're not going to. They're not going to show you love and grace. Well, we're going to go ahead and give you the car anyway. But God said, I, "I'm, I'm going to enter into an agreement with you, knowing in advance." I know in advance you don't have what it takes to hold up your side of this and, and you don't have the strength and the ability to do your part. And so, but if you'll get yoked up with me, I don't need you to help me carry the load. I just need you to keep up with me because my grace, my strength is enough for you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Jeremiah says this in Jeremiah 6 and 16, thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths, old paths, where is the good way and walk therein and you will find rest for your souls. But they said we will not walk therein. If you want to find rest, if you want to find peace, you got to walk in some old paths. You got to walk in some old paths. There's no there's no new ways that work better than this way. There's no new lifestyles that work better than this lifestyle. If you but if you walk in the old paths, if you walk in the old ways, he says you're going to find rest blows my mind, the number of people, and I'll just say it a little more plainly, the number of people that used to be a part of us that now still claim to have faith in God, but they're going to tell you, you don't have to do what they preach there. You don't have to dress. You don't have to live. You don't have to act like that anymore. You can still know God, have a relationship with God, and, and, and everything be good. What they're saying is, you don't need to walk in old paths. Let me show you some new paths. And by the way, let me show you a new path that is a very broad path. You don't need to walk in that old restrictive path. Yeah, we. I, I've found a broader path. I, I've found a wider road to walk on. Yeah, I'll keep walking that road. But the Bible says that broad, wide is the way that leads to destruction. And many are on that road, but straight and narrow. The word straight is not necessarily like straight. It's confining or restricting is the way that leads to life everlasting. You can have the wide broad. God, open roads if you want to, but I'll take them straight and narrow because I learned a long time ago I have found some rest when I walk in that path. Come to me all that labor, heavy laden. I wonder what would we would see this morning if in, instead of seeing all of you and your natural physique, your, your natural posture, I wonder what we would see this morning if we were able to see all of your, your, your spiritual man. I wonder how many of you this morning if we were to be able to see your spiritual posture, you, you, you would look, look more like a person that is carrying a very heavy load. Some of you are carrying that heavy load because you're trying so hard. I got to do this. I got to get it right, and and it's a great desire on your part, but you can't do it. You don't have what it takes to do it right. The Bible says, "A righteous man, a righteous man falls." Rejoice not against me, O my enemy, because. When I fall, not if I fall, but when I fall, I shall arise. I've said this many times before, but I'll say it again this morning, very very well-known verse of Scripture, and again, years ago when there used to be Christian bookstores, I don't know if we have any, maybe still one, I think up in Pasadena, but I can remember as a kid going to a Christian bookstore in Annapolis, and you, it, it seemed like every time you'd go in there, you could find either a coffee cup, or or oftentimes there'd be a picture up on the wall. Usually it was a very beautiful mountain scene. and Somewhere in that picture you would see an eagle with its wings stretched and soaring. and That very well-known verse on there. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That is such a wonderful, it, it, it is a wonderful verse. The problem is most of us misquote the verse. Because the verse does not say, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Anybody know what that, if you haven't cheated already, anybody know what that verse starts with? Let's see how many honest people we have here. How many of you thought, of course, based on what I just got through saying, you're smart enough, but how many of you thought that it started with they? A few of you. It's not they. It's but they that wait. Why does it say, but they that wait? Because what the verses before it said, it says, even the youths shall faint. And I may get this a little mixed up, jumbled up, but even the youths shall faint and the young men shall utterly fall. But, but, if you'll wait, on the Lord. He's going to renew your strength. Somehow, we were at men's conference yesterday, yesterday morning. It started with a panel uh, and, a, and question and discussions. And I was asked to sit on that panel. And, and, and one of the questions was something along the lines of, how do you deal with failure? And and there some great answers. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of... I'm, I'm probably a lot more like my dad than most of you know. I just, I don't have the same boldness he has. So I, I once everybody gave some great answers, I chimed down and I said, you know, a part of the problem is we, we want to put everything in a success or a failure category. And it's not that Clear. Not that, it's not that simple in your walk with God. I'm not really talking about sin right now, okay? And, and, I, and I used the analogy yesterday. There are guys that are getting paid multi-millions, some of them tens of millions of dollars a year to get on base three out of ten times. A quarterback, he doesn't get paid to complete every pass. NBA finals or semifinals are going on right now. Those guys miss more shots than they make and get paid millions of dollars. If you, if you can get paid millions of dollars to get on base three out of ten times, what that means is six or seven times out of ten, you are not getting on base. That means in the way we put it, six or seven times out of ten you are failing. I'm I, I'm I'm a I'm a pretty calm, reserved, collected guy. I am very even keel. I don't yell, I don't scream, I don't When I get on a field or a court, there there's something that changes. There there's a, there's something that comes over me that. I know some of you 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 just won't believe this, but I've been known to throw softball gloves. I've been known to throw bats. I, I, one of the things that drove me the craziest all those years we'd play softball is you'd, you'd get out and you'd come back to the bench, and some well-meaning guy—kind of some other words besides "guy" I want to use, but I won't—some well-meaning guy will make one of the dumbest statements I've ever heard in my life. Hey, don't worry about it. You hit the ball hard. And how is that supposed to help me? I'm sitting by you on the bench. And you know what puzzles me? I, I'm an amateur. I, I, I'm, you know, in my younger years especially, I was, I was a decent athlete. I was... I don't think I was the greatest by any stretch in any sport, but I was. I could hold my own in most sports. I I, I wasn't college level, definitely not professional level. And it blows my mind. I, I always this kind of whatever whatever the sport is. I I watch this. Rarely do you see a professional athlete when they get out, if they're the batter, or if they if they miss a shot in basketball, or a quarterback throws a bad pass. Rarely do you see them. Do some of the dumb things I did as an amateur. and Partly is because they know, okay, I got the next time's coming. And if I don't let go of this time, it's going to affect me the next time. And you know what? Got bad news for you today. You're going to fall. Seven out of ten times you might stumble. But it's okay. Get back up again. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They're going to mount up with wings as eagles. Oh, boy. I'm glad I felt this so strongly for a couple of days because I ain't feeling it much right now. Of course, I'm still working really hard to get that messed up solo out of my head too, so that doesn't help. Hebrews 4, listen to Hebrews 4. Watch this, this is, this is amazing. Let us therefore fear. That's not, uh, it's not terror, it's not, it's not, snake. it's not, it's it's, it's it's being reverent. It's being, it's being sober about something. He says, let us fear. Fear what? Lest a promise left us of entering into His rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. What? We're supposed to be worried about the fact there's a promise of rest that we can enter into, and we're supposed to be worried about falling short. Check this out. It doesn't say you're supposed to be afraid of falling short of God's expectations. Oh, hallelujah. It doesn't say let us fear lest we stumble and fall. It doesn't say let us fear lest we make some mistakes. It doesn't, that's not what it says. Should we be concerned about those? Sure, but it says, let us fear lest a promise of being, of entering into his rest, of you, if, of you coming short of it. Oh, I wonder how many of us are living today trying to live faithfully in a walk with God, but we're living short of the rest that has been promised to us. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. It's talking about the children of Israel here. And this promise that was given to them, it didn't benefit them because it they didn't mix the word that they heard with faith. The word that's standing at a Jordan River says that's the land of promise. And I, I'm not go, going to give it to you. I've already given it to you. But rather than exercising faith and entering into that rest, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And let me just say, I do not think that the promised land in the Old Testament is symbolic of heaven. Because there ain't going to be no fighting in heaven. not going to be no conflict in heaven. There was still conflict in the promised land. Well, pastor, how was there conflict in the promised land if that was a place of rest? Because if they trusted what God said, they knew the battle was just a formality. The outcome had already been determined. So I need you just to do your part, but don't worry about it. This is not a burden for you to carry. I'm going to give you the land. You know, the problem with going to things like men's conference. You sit there and the preacher preaches and you're soaking it all in and everybody's going all crazy. And you're like, man, I can't wait to get home to preach tomorrow. Cause. <laughs> it's all right. Some of you are just too weary, I think. And I'm not being facetious. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall not enter, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. I've already done from the beginning what's necessary for you to enter in and live in rest. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise. And God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein. And they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder how many of us maybe aren't entering into the place of rest because... I hear you, pastor, but I just that that sounds you just don't know what I've got going on in my life. you just don't know the burden that I'm under you just don't know what i've what I've been through, so what you're saying is you don't believe that if you get in the yoke with him, you can find rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein and to whom it was first preached and are not in because of unbelief. Again, he limiteth a certain day, saying to David, Today, after so long a time as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There remaineth therefore a rest. To who? To the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest he also had ceased from his own works as god did from his now watch this we we read in, in we read in, in in Matthew where he says come unto me all you that labor you're you're toiling you're working you're striving to get into to my rest now watch what it says here let us labor wait a minute you just told us he said that that's part of the importance of knowing that The Bible was not written in English. And that there are words in the original language that may not be the same just because the English word is the same. And this is one of those cases. Because here the word labor is not the same as the word labor that I read to you to grow weary, tired, exhausted. That word labor here means to use speed, to be prompt or earnest. So let us labor, let us use speed, let us hasten to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Let us, let us hasten. God, you've got a place of rest. You, you've got a place where I can put my burden down. You've got a place where you're saying, come unto me, all you that labor, you're toiling, you're you're heavy laden, you're burdened down with the cares and the, the weights of this life. If you'll hurry up, there's a place of rest that you can enter into. Oh, Jesus. You don't have to raise your hand. In fact, I'd really rather you not. You can just... Respond inwardly. How many of you are sitting here this morning? And, and and temporal things are obviously not the most important things, but but it's a part of life. And so how many of you are sitting here this morning, you're weighted down by financial challenges, uncertainty of your future. I, I I'm probably gonna mention more tonight, but but man, there there's some things in the works that I believe is a result of the, the giving that we've been doing on Sunday nights. And as is the case with God, pretty much all the time, the way He answers or provides is different than what you expect. I think I said it a couple of Sunday nights ago. You may be bothered or you may not grasp this figure. If all you're thinking about is a couple of windows in your house, you're not going to understand this. (laughs) But since the time we started sowing on Sunday nights, and I know most seeds you don't sow and get immediate benefit from, so maybe we're just really reaping from the past, and so whatever we've been doing is actually going to help us in the future. But it was after the fact that we started sowing on Sunday nights, no, nope, nobody has walked in yet to write a check for $500,000 or a million dollars. It would be wonderful. I would love it if they did that. But we've ended up the price of the glass for all of the new foyer, the doors, the windows, all of that went down by over $100,000. And no, that doesn't mean it's at $10,000 now. <laughs> my, my, my point is some of your laboring to figure some things out you're toiling trying to figure out your future that if you just get in the yoke with him the the, the problem is I, I have to say the problem is you can't be in the yoke with him and run your life oh I knew there was a catch of course there is it's always a catch. We'll give you three nights, two days, three nights, free stay at our resort. But you're going to sit down and be interrogated to purchase a timeshare. But that what's amazing is, yeah, there's a catch. Get in the yoke with me. Oh, I knew it. No, you don't know it. Because that yoke with him is the best place to be. Because he's carrying the load. He's doing the work. All I'm doing is having to keep up with him. Most of the kids, if not all the kids are out this morning, but you know what? If I I could get a, I could get a, uh, I could get a two-year-old up here right now. And tell them, I want you to carry this. You know, as this is not all that heavy, but it's probably too heavy for a two-year-old. But if if I let that two year old get their hands on this, e- even if all they had on top of it, and I started carrying it from the bottom, you know what they would do? What they're saying is, look what I'm doing. Yep. Forgive the grammar, but I my, my, I was my roots are in Mississippi, so you just have to forgive me. You ain't doing nothing. You ain't doing nothing. Somebody else is doing all the work. Oh, I know. Here's the problem with that. Part of us, we don't like that. What do you mean? I like, you know, we don't. Because if I'm not doing all the work, then what does that mean? I don't get the credit. So I'd rather try to do it all by myself and not succeed than I would to yoke up with him and just get in his yoke, let him do the work, and let him get all the credit. Let us, let us fear lest we miss out on entering into the rest. Listen to what the psalmist said in Psalm 55, and it's it's no doubt where the The apostle that I'll read in a moment gets this from, or at least it's inspired from Psalm 55 and verse number 22. The the, the psalmist says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Amplified says it this way, cast your burden on the Lord, releasing the weight of it, and He will sustain you. He will never allow the consistently righteous to be moved, made to slip, fall, or fail. Well, there it is, Pastor. I don't have any hope because I'm not consistently righteous. You're right, you're not, because the best you can do, your righteousness is filthy rags. That's why my job is not to try to be righteous, but it's to accept the righteousness that He has provided, allowing His blood to wash me and cleanse me. Listen to the good old message Bible. Pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He'll carry your load. He'll help you out. He'll never let good people topple into ruin. Then we go to the New Testament. The Apostle Peter says it this way. 1 Peter 5 and 7. Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Casting all your care upon Him, because He cares for you. Here's the deal. Some of us, what we're dealing with and the stuff we're facing and the struggles we're dealing with, they are are of such a degree that we can cast them. I I don't know, I should should have brought a ball with me this morning, but when I think of casting something, I think of throwing it as far as you can. Casting all your care. I think part of the context of that is casting it on him and throw it far enough from you that you can't pick it back up. This is what some of us do. We drop it for a moment and see if he's going to pick it up. And if he doesn't respond right away, we pick it back up. I knew you weren't going to do anything. So the the psalmist and then the the apostle comes along and says, Cast your care upon him. Why? Why do that? Because he cares for you. But the the problem is this. Probably supposed to turn this off first. There a power button or can I just pull cords? There's a power button making the media nervous. I'm gonna make them more nervous. And oh, there it is. I got it. I'm gonna do like y'all do. I don't I ain't getting no help. I'm gonna do it myself because that's how we they were trying. I'm the not on them. I'll I'll figure it out. this is the this is the problem. Most of you. You're not here this morning. You're not here. You're not you're not here this morning. Pastor, don't he know he's fifty-one years old? He better not be doing that. He might hurt himself. Don't make me. I'll drop down and give you some push-ups. Just to li- <laughs> it, this is this is a problem. This is some of you. This is what you're carrying. I got a question. How far? Don't worry. Don't worry, Jalen. I'm not going to try. How far do you think I could cast this? Brother Isaac, you are insulting my ego. Sit down. I'm about to carry this for the next hour just to show y'all. I don't think I could cast this very far. I, I can cast the small stuff. I can throw the small stuff away from me. But I don't so so watch this. The living Bible says, instead of cast, it says, Let him have your worries and cares. I can't throw it, Jesus. This is about the best I can do. Let him have your worries. Why? Because he is always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. Today's English version says it this way, leave all your worries with him because he cares for you. The Passion Translation says, check check this out, the Passion Translation says it this way, Pour out. What? When did y'all get the Passion Translation? Man, you need a bonus. Wow. Pour out. Just pour out. How hard is that? How hard is I'm going to need another water in a minute because I'm still thirsty. <laughs> How hard is it? How hard is this? It's a whole lot easier than this. How is it that I enter into rest? If I can cast it, I cast it. But if it's so heavy I can't cast it, then the way I'm going to enter into rest is I'm just going to lay it, I'm just going to sit it down. And then when I sit it down, I'm not going to stay there and worry if He's going to pick it up because He cares for me. And I can trust the fact that if I lay it down and walk away, I don't have to worry about it because He cares for me. He's going to pick up my burden and He's going to... Work it all out. That's why. Maybe, maybe we're not going to sing it again unless they get another soloist to sing it. I've done embarrassed myself enough for the day. But, but that's how so. How can I praise the Lord? How can I praise the Lord when my, when my dreams are shattered? How can I praise the Lord when the enemy's in my ear? How can I do that? The reason I can do that because that's part of how I enter in to rest. I just begin to lift him up and exalt him and I'm releasing those weights and those per- and I know that he cares for me. Did you did you I am I'm I'm trying to quit. I'm trying to quit. I'm trying to quit. I am, I am, I am, but look, look at that. Listen to that. The problem is I I'm not sure how many of us really we, we all how many of us this isn't really a trick question. How many of you here today believe the Bible? How many of you believe the Bible? It's kind of a lose-lose. You better raise your hand even if it's a trick question because... No, but here's the bottom line. The truth of the matter is most of us don't fully believe it. There's parts that we believe. And I'm not talking about picking and choosing what's convenient. That's not what I'm talking about. That's another message another day. I, I mean, there are things that we struggle believing because... Because, listen again, this is what the Passion Translation says. Pour out all your worries and stress upon Him and leave them there because He always tenderly cares for you. The Living Bible said He is always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. Wow. I mean, God, you, you you got enough time to see what's my burden, my weight is. You're, you're interested, yeah, yeah. You know what's amazing to me is God can. I think God has the ability to focus on each one of us as if we were the only person in the whole world. Like, I don't know how He does that. I don't know, but but I think He does that. I know for God so loved the world. I I know that, but it's all it comes down to the individual. Jeremiah, one of my favorite verses, Jeremiah 29 and 11, he says, I know, I know, I know the thoughts that I think about you. I I have this this problem that is nobody else's but mine. And that is there are times in which people misread me or misinterpret me. we actually did a little 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 game last night Daniel and my wife and I we were sitting in the in the family room together and they were over there talking and I was sitting over in my chair and I I I think I kind of grunted and then they began to interpret what that grunt meant and guess what you're absolutely correct. So the problem is that doesn't motivate me to speak up. <laughs> y'all know what I'm thinking, or y'all know what my looks mean. Y'all, then I'll leave. I, why waste breath and words? I mean, <laughs> it's frustrating when people. My, my dad, my dad, my dad's told me this more than anybody else. In, my dad, my own dad, has told me this more than anybody else in my life. Son, you are hard to read. I hope he's not watching. Don't go text him. Don't go tell him to watch. When he tells me, I'm like, sweet. Does that mean if I'm struggling with something, you have trouble reading me, you may not know I'm struggling. Flip side is if I'm happy with something, you may not know I'm happy. Ask my kids about my assessment of food. Is it good, Dad? How's it? Is it sorry. the really good stuff? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Problem is, we do the same thing with God. Uh, I know. I know what He thinks about me. Hello. I'm. I'm. I'm quitting. I think the the tower just told us we had to take another. Lap around. There's something on the runway. We can't quite come in yet. Most of us, we think what God thinks about us. And the great majority of the time when we think what we think God thinks about us, when He's thinking about us, when we think He's thinking about us, are not. Can you put that? I think it's 2911. As you all know, my strength is not. Places, yes. I know the thoughts I think about you. The DSW translation for that verse is this Don't tell me what I think about you. Don't insult me with telling me what I think about you. I know what I think about you, I've got thoughts of peace. And not of evil. To give you an expected end. Or can I say it this way in the context of this message? To give you rest. Come unto me. I wonder how many of us today are striving so hard for the wrong things in our walk with God. Hebrews says, if you're going to strive for something, if you're going to labor for something, labor to enter in to my rest. So here's what I'm going to do. Not based on what I feel right now, but based on what I think I feel to do. I need y'all sister Sophie, you can stay there, but I I, I need, uh, I want everybody, the rest of you Including all of you young ladies, I want you to, by faith, may only need one seat, but by faith, I'm asking, I want you guys to to clear these front rows, if you would, please. I want you to stand, everybody stand. We're going to do it a little differently this morning. He said, come, come, all you that are toiling, all you that are striving and working, all you that are burdened down, come to me, and I will give. Jacob wrestled with God. He didn't say, come wrestle with me. He said, come to me. And I'm going to give, give you rest. So I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. Without anyone looking around right now, so that hopefully those that need or want to respond can do it as comfortably as possible. You're here this morning whether you're a guest or you come all the time and you're willing to acknowledge. You're not living in his rest. You're toiling. You're laboring. You're striving. You're striving to overcome the failures of your past. You're you're trying to outrun your past. You're trying to earn, deserve, work out, fix, change, all those stuff. When all he simply said was I want you to I want you to strive to enter into my rest. You're willing this morning to acknowledge that somehow some way this morning the spirit of the Lord has been talking to you. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If we end up needing more than what we have, we can get more, but I'm asking you as oddly as this may seem, I want you to come and just sit on one of these seats in just a moment we're going to pray and I believe the Spirit of the Lord is going to pass by you. I'm going to need more chairs. Oh me of little faith. Guys, yeah bring some of those over here if you would please. There are times we come and we pray and we reach and we strain and we stress and we try to get something, but this morning, in the context of this message, i this is the way I feel to do it. For you to just physically, as a demonstration of a spiritual thing, not kneel, not stand, I would say the two primary positions of rest are Laying and sitting. If you really desire to lay? You can do that, but I'm not asking you to do that. But this this posture of of rest. I, I need a couple more chairs. I want you comfortable. We got a couple chairs over there. Come on, come on, T. I know you probably are comfortable, but I i I know I don't normally do it this way, but I just feel strongly that we need a physical posturing. I want you if you if you come to close just close your eyes i get there. I'm not pulling out any rabbits i'm not It's not going to be about me, but I believe in just a moment as we begin to pray and as you begin to release. I I would venture to say most of you that have come down here and sitting in these seats, you don't have stuff you can cast. You don't have things you can cast. They're too heavy. They're too big of burdens for you to cast them. Some of you, some of you do this better than others do it. But you got a good imagination. Really, we all do in some way or other. But I want you just to, if nothing else, just envision that whatever that weight is whatever that load is that you're just you're just you're laying it down you're dropping it actually maybe maybe what you're carrying this morning it's still you still have enough strength that you can lay it down some of you not only can you not cast it but you you don't have the strength to lay it down all you can do is drop it but I believe that there is a rest in the name of Jesus Jesus In the name of Jesus, there is a rest that the Spirit of the Lord wants you to enter into right now, but not just right now, that when you leave here, Satan is a liar, and he wants to make us think we are paupers when he knows we're children of the King. In the name of Jesus, In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray right now for every individual that's taken a step of faith this morning and a step of honesty this morning that has walked down to this front and that has occupied one of these chairs. God, I pray right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that the rest that is available, the rest that You have promised, the rest that You have given I pray right now, God, that they would enter in to that rest. That there would be a ceasing from the labor, from the toil, from the striving. And simply that accepting of what you're giving. If you feel to come and minister to one of these individuals, you're welcome to do that. But please, if you're sitting in one of these seats right now, don't, don't get distracted by waiting whether or not somebody comes to pray for you. Come on, don't sit there and wait to see if somebody comes and prays because some of you, he wants to just give it to you all by himself. If he sends somebody to pray for you, that's fine. That doesn't mean anything negative. That's not a problem. But some of you, he wants you just to step into it right now. Just you and him. Come on. This is not about something you're knocking you off your feet. Come on. This isn't about some dancing and shouting and shaking. I think the first place that rest starts is in your mind. There's got to be a changing of some thoughts. There's got to be an adjusting of some thoughts. The world says to have rest, all of the circumstances have to be perfect. The world says the only way to rest is you got to have the right mattress, you got to have the right pillow, you got to have the right temperature, you got to have the right circumstances. But rest according to what God wants to give is not dependent upon your circumstances today. It's not de- it's not based on what changes or doesn't change in your life. It's getting in that yoke with him and knowing that ultimately he is the one that's carrying the load. It's not your burden to carry today. It's not your yoke to carry today. It's His yoke. He didn't tell you to take up a yoke. He didn't say, I need you to go get a yoke. He said, I want you to get into my yoke. My yoke is easy and my burdens are light come on let the peace of God let the rest of God sweep over right now sweep over Lord if we're going to strive for anything if we're going to strive for anything let it are striving to enter into the rest. My steps are ordered by you. You're going to supply all my needs. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. We know that all things work together for good. Don't forget that most notable of Psalms. The psalmist says, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. That's that's rest. You've got a shepherd today. You've got a good shepherd today that knows what you have need of. Your rest today. Your rest today. Your rest, Lord. I can't do this, Jesus. I don't have the ability, I don't have the strength, I don't have the answers, I don't have the, I don't have what it takes, God. Help me to rest.